American soccer fans, welcome to episode 112 of the USA Soccer Cast. We are bringing you everything about the U.S. national teams, the players, the leagues, and everything else that impacts the game of soccer in these United States. I'm Donald Wine. It's June 23rd, 2023, and the United States women's national team officially has a 23-person roster for the 2023 Women's World Cup that kicks off in just 27 days. The news came down on Wednesday. The players have learned uh, their fate last week, but we got word of who the players are that make up this roster. On Wednesday, head coach Flacco Andonovsky speaking for about 30 minutes about his decision-making process for some of these players. And here's what we're going to do. We're going to go through these players and then we'll break down some of the specifics about this roster. Then finally, we'll get to some of the players who may not have made it. First off, and this is a numerical order because we now have numbers for this roster. So in numerical order, number one, Alyssa Nayer. Number two is Ashley Sanchez. Number three, Sofia Huerta. Number four is Naomi Germa. Of course, number four usually is Becky Sauerbrunn. We'll talk about her injury in just a moment. Kelly O'Hara, number five. Number six is Lynn Williams. Number seven, making... Probably one of the, the last people to make the roster and the youngest on this roster is Alyssa Thompson. Number eight in the middle, Julie Ertz. Number nine is Savannah DeMello, making her first World Cup squad. Also the third player ever to make a World Cup squad without having a cap from the women's national team. Number 10 is Lindsay Horan. Number 11, Sophia Smith. Number 12 is Alana Cook. Number 13, of course, Alex Morgan. Number 14 is Emily Sina. And number 15 is, of course, Megan Rapino. Rounding out the last numbers on this roster, we have number 16 is Rose Lavelle, number 17, Andy Sullivan. Number 18 is Casey Murphy. Number 19, of course, is none other than Crystal Dunn. Number 20 is Trinity Rodman. 21 is Aubrey Kingsbury. Number 22 is Christy Mewis. And rounding out with number 23 is Emily Fox. So three goalkeepers, seven defenders, seven midfielders, and six forwards on this roster. And the NWSL, of course, was heavily represented on this roster. There are a, a ton of teams, nine teams, that had players on this final 23-player roster for the United States. O.L. Reign is leading everybody with five players on this roster. My Washington Spirit have four players on this roster. New Jersey, New York, Gotham SC has three. Racing Louisville, two. Portland Thorns, two. San Diego Wave, also with two. And, of course, Angel City FC with two players. There are three players. There are three teams that had one player each make this roster, and that is Olympic Lyonnais, the Chicago Red Stars, and the North Carolina Courage. There's only three teams here from the NWSL that do not have a player that make the roster, that being the Houston Dash, the KC Current, and the Orlando Pride. Lindsey Horan, of course, playing for Lyon. She is the only player that comes in from a team abroad. So, again, there's a lot of players on this list. I think the surprises, or at least the people who uh, people did not expect to make this roster, Savannah DeMello, again, I mentioned she is only the third player, and I believe the first since Shannon Box in 2003, to make a women's national team World Cup roster without having a cap. Now, DeMello has featured in some camps, but she has not yet made the field, and her first opportunity to get her first cap could be in the send-off match against Wales in San Jose coming up in a couple of weeks. 
she has played dynamite this year, and I believe in her her club play is one that influenced Blackhill's decision to include her on this roster. Alyssa Thompson, again, the youngest player on this roster at age 18 in her first year with Angel City FC. She's been on the national team before. I got to see her uh, when we played uh, England in Wembley. And I think for her, it was it felt like she should have made this roster. Of course, it's a logjam up front. So who do you leave off? And I think the fact that Mallory Swanson got injured at that game in Austin back in April might have helped Alyssa Thompson's chances coupled with the fact that she has been playing extremely well again in her first season at Angel City. Aubrey Kingsbury, her play for the Washington Spirit has been dynamite this year. I believe she leads the league in clean sheets. And because of that, I think she beat out Adriana French for that last spot uh, amongst the goalkeepers. Uh, Alyssa Nair, Casey Murphy haven't been doing as well for club, but they've been established veterans on this national team over the last few years, at least in the case of Casey Murphy and Alyssa Nair has been around uh, forever. It feels, but Aubrey Kingsbury working her way into this roster. I'm extremely happy for her for that. And one person I, I'm super, super happy for is Lynn Williams. Lynn Williams was one of the players who I think should have made the team in 2019. She was left off of the roster. Of course that team went on to win the world cup for the second straight time, but Lynn Williams was, right there on the cusp and did not make it. I believe she was one of the last people left off the roster uh, for that team that went to France, but she has worked her butt off. She is four goals away from setting the record in NWSL for most goals all time. Uh, Sam Kerr holds that record right now. I believe she's four away, but Lynn Williams has worked her way onto this roster. And once she was on the women's national team, she gave you every reason to make sure that she was part of this 23. I am super, super happy and proud of her for just persevering and, and playing as much as she has. She had that injury that kept her out for a year. She fought back from that, and she is tearing it up for Gotham right now. And now she is on the plane to New Zealand and Australia. Nine of these players were on the 2019 team that won the Women's World Cup, and 11 of these players were on the 2020 Olympic squad that finished with a bronze medal uh, at that of course, being in 2021. But I feel like there is a lot of players that have made this roster and a lot of players who kind of back their way in, I guess, you know, not necessarily with their play of club of late or on the national team of late. There was just a lot of competition. And in the end, it, it's up to Vlatko Andonowski to decide what he wants to do and what players he needs for particular positions. And the fact that we have a bunch of players up front that could have made it. We have a bunch of defenders that could have made it. And there's some midfielders that were factored in, or at least played a lot over the last year or so that didn't end up on this 23 player roster. It, it just goes to show you that the United States is, has a ton of talent and that's not to mention the talent that has been injured and out for the majority of the last couple of years. So we will take a break here on the other side. We talk about some of the injuries and some of the players who did not make this roster. More after this. We're back and we are discussing the women's national team World Cup roster that was released on Wednesday. We've talked about the players who made the roster, all 23 of them. 
And now we're going to talk about some of the players who did not make the roster. First, let's start with some of the injuries. And of course, entering this year, it felt like there was a slew of players who were injured. We probably had the world's best 11 that was on the injured list uh, for a lot of you know months. But at the end of the day, these players either were not fit enough to come back to play or got hurt recently and were not able to recover in time to make this roster. Of course, some of the notables, Becky Sauerbrunn, she is the captain and was basically inked on this roster until she got hurt a few weeks ago. And because of that, she is not going to be back in time. It sounds like she could have played limited minutes, but entering a World Cup, Blacko decided that he needed a bunch of defenders and he needed defenders who could go full 90 and be healthy throughout the tournament. So uh, one of the backbreaking injuries and, and decisions that had to be made is Becky Sauerbrunn being left off of this roster due to injury. Of course, Mallory Swanson, she injured, she got injured in April and was ruled out of this roster. And I don't think she is even close to coming back to play. So uh, Vlaco was asked specifically about her in the press conference and he said there was no chance of Mallory Swanson making this roster after she got hurt. But of course, she was on a tear before she got hurt, which makes it just all the more gut-wrenching that she is not on this roster. Katarina Macario, she's been hurt for a year. Kristen Press also hurt for a year. Samantha Mewis has been hurt for a year. Tobin Heath has been out for a year. And all of those players probably would have factored into the final decision had they been healthy, but none of them were healthy enough uh, to get back to form in time to make this roster. Then there was the players who, I guess in hockey, we'd call them the healthy scratches who did not make this roster. I think for me, the biggest surprise, and I, I don't know if it was a surprise, but at least for me, it was kind of, uh, I, I was, I looked up and perked up when I saw that this person was not in the roster. And that was Ashley Hatch. Ashley Hatch has been on this team pretty much inked in, in gold in the last couple of years. Due to her play with the Washington Spirit, she had been called into almost every single camp and very rarely left out or left on the bench during games. And she does not make this roster. Uh, Taylor Korniak, who has been uh, one of these players that Vladko has brought in to try and help at the uh, six, and she doesn't make the roster either. She had been in a lot of camps before then. Casey Kruger, I wish she was on this roster because her, dy- her dynamic play on the back is very much needed on the team, and I thought she could have provided a lot for this particular World Cup team, but she is not on this roster. Tierna Davidson also doesn't make this roster. A similar category with Casey Kruger. Adriana French was playing and then eventually lost her spot in, on the Casey Kern, her starting spot, and I think that was what uh, did her in as far as being able to make the World Cup roster. And then there's a couple of players who I think, you know, would have factored in or should have factored in a little bit more. And it just didn't seem like Vladko considered them to be a part of his plans. That's Midge Purse, Sam Coffey, Carson Pickett, and Haley Mace. I, I think a lot of those players could have, again, factored in had there been some sort of competition at positions. They've both they've all played well. Some of them have suffered through injuries in the case of Midge Purse, but I think it felt like Vladko said that there was a, a depth chart and those players didn't quite make his depth chart when it comes to who to take to New Zealand and Australia. He said he had made 39 calls. So there's only 23 players. I mean, 16 players got a call that was not good. 
And it feels like there's probably 10 or 12 more players who are good enough to have been considered for this national team roster. But in the end, we have to go with 23. Now, I end with this. We have a few weeks before the World Cup, and this team will obviously start meeting and start practicing. There's a media day next week. Uh, I'm not going to be at it, but there's going to be a lot of content coming out of there from a lot of people. So uh, stay tuned to them. But I think also this team has a chance to figure out how it's going to once again defend its title. And that's going to be super difficult. But for them, it's going to be even more difficult because they have a couple of narratives that they kind of have to you know, navigate in the end. There's a narrative that the world is caught up with them. And I would argue to you that, no, that's not true. The world is not caught up to the United States women's national team. Everyone's just gotten better. And that is not... They use that as kind of an indictment on our program, but I feel like it's more of a spoken truth that everyone has gotten better. Everyone's putting in more resources, and that is the result of those resources. But it also means that the United States has gotten better too. That gap may not be the same as it was 10 years ago, but that doesn't mean that the United States has lapsed while other people have gotten better. Everyone's gotten better, but that also makes for an exciting tournament. I think the other narrative is that kind of ties into that is that nobody, I repeat, no team, men or women, has ever three-peated. And the United States has, has a chance to do that. They're one of two teams, I believe, that have ever made three finals in a row. They've made 2011, of course, losing to, to Japan in penalties. And then they won in 2015 and 2019. So to get back to a final, it will be a fourth straight final for them. That is unprecedented. The only other team that's done three in a row, to my recollection, is the men's Brazil team, which was 1994, 1998, and 2002. Of course, they won in 94 and 2002. But I think people have to understand that just because we're considered the best team in the world and the best program on the planet doesn't mean we can't lose this thing. And if we lose this thing, it could be just because it's really hard to be on top for so long. It's really hard to be at or close to the top. This team, the United States women's national team has been in the FIFA rankings since they started. And I believe that was in 2003. And the last time they were second was 2017. Anybody care to guess when they were third? It's never happened. They've never been lower than second in the ranking since it started 20 years ago. And that is a long, long time for any team to remain on top. And because of that, everyone is going to be coming for the United States. And the question is not does this team have what it takes to beat everybody because they don't have to beat everybody. They just have to beat the teams in front of them. But the question is, do they have what it takes to withstand the pressure? and gel as a team, and play together as a team. Because if they do, in my mind, they can win it all again. And I hesitate, obviously, with that, because you know this run that they're on will end one day. It could be this year. It could be 20 years from now. We don't know. But when that thing ends, when that, when that time comes that they are not the best team on a particular day, and they lose an opportunity to win the World Cup, it's not an indictment on the program completely. Yeah, sure, you have questions and you kind of break down like, hey, where what went wrong? And 
and not necessarily who's the blame, but of course they'll look at some of uh, the Federation and how they have prepared for this and whatever confidence they have in this team to go out and win it all. But I think when it comes to this women's national team, some of these players have been around again since 2011. And in 2015 and 2019, these two teams withstood a lot of pressure to win. 2015, of course, coming back from a final that you lost and going all the way and winning, that was you know kind of redemption for them. But 2019, that team, I hold up as one of the greatest teams in the history of sports for this very reason. This team, or, or the team in 2019, literally had even the president of the United States rooting against them. And everybody on the planet was telling them that they had lost a step, that they were done, that everyone was had caught up to them, and that they weren't the best team at that tournament. And somehow that team was able to take all of that and fuel themselves into putting out the performance they did. Did they win beautifully in all these games? No, but they had beautiful moments. And you know, in college basketball, the NCAA tournament, the name of the song they play at the end of the tournament is one shining moment because for a lot of teams, they just have that one shining moment or they just need that one shining moment. The United States Women's National Team in 2019 had several shining moments, several moments that you look back and you, if you remember some of the iconic moments of that tournament, they have a ton of them because they took that pressure and said, everyone's doubting us. Okay. Do it your own peril. And they went out and showed everybody that maybe we're stupid <laughs> and maybe we should, you know, give them a little bit more credit and put a little bit more faith in their abilities. And that's what I'm planning on doing this time around. Sure. It, it may not work, but it could. And I think for this team, their ability to lock in and zero in and, and focus on just the goal within themselves as a team and blocking everything out, they they are better than that in any almost any team or individual athlete I have ever seen. And I think because of that, that's an intangible that no other team has. Everyone else is going to be asking themselves, not necessarily can they win it all, they're going to ask themselves, can they beat the United States in a final? And for nine of these players, they've been in it. They've been in a final. They understand that pressure. They understand, and they understand the pressure way more than any other team on the planet because the pressure for them has been a lot higher and something that is just quite unfathomable for a lot of people. So we obviously have a ton of time to talk about the women's national team and how they're going to play, how they're going to stack up, what kind of formations and everything. But just remember, this team is really good. And there was a lot of players who could have made this team that are also really good. And because of that, I am super, super excited to watch these 23 women take on the world. And it's going to be fun to watch. Again, that tournament is going to be starting July 20th, going through August 20th. A lot of the games are going to be at night. Start figuring out your schedules now. Put your sleep schedules out of whack so that you can wake up for these games or stay up for these games. But we're going to have a lot more, plenty, plenty of coverage of the Women's World Cup, both on this show, the USA Soccer Cast, and over at StarsAndStripesFC.com. So don't forget to check all of that out. We will leave it here. That will do it for episode 112 of the USA Soccer Cast. Thank you, as always, for listening. Remember, follow us on Twitter. We're at USA Soccer Cast. 
Don't forget, we have an affiliate program with Homage, Breaking Tea, Fanatics, and MLS Store. So head to linktree.com slash USA SoccerCast to learn more and support the show while getting the latest gear. There is a ton of new gear out, both for the Gold Cup and the Women's World Cup. Don't forget to use our affiliate links and get your gear. And again, you help support the show. If you have questions, topic suggestions, email them to usasoccercast at gmail.com or you can tag us on Twitter. So we will talk to you again soon, y'all. Peace.